Hello, San Diego. I'm Paulina Salazar. And I'm Brooke Hancock. Welcome to San Diego Biz Babes, where we aspire to inspire. She was one of my employees starting day one when I opened my first flower shop, and she is an amazing asset. And so, uh, six months ago, maybe she—I don't even really remember. Time is like, yeah, crazy. Six months ago, she bought part of my company, and so now we're co-owners, and that's really amazing. So I have somebody that I bounce ideas off of and helps me pull the weight, and it's just—it's really nice to not feel so alone in it yeah um so we I started Native Poppy five years ago um I worked out of my backyard I had a one a two-bedroom apartment but I had a roommate and I told my roommate I was like hey I think I'm gonna start a flower company can I do you mind if I start working out of the house and she's like no not a big deal but very quickly she moved out because I took over and I just started making flower arrangements I just quit my job and I just like would make flower arrangements and post pictures of them on Instagram and very quickly I just had started connecting with other wedding planners and photographers and put a Yelp page up and I like would randomly get somebody ordering flowers for me and I would have to go to the flower market to buy enough flowers to make it and then deliver it so I was like losing money on those but it felt I just wanted to do it, and I knew it would pick up. What um, made you, like, go that route, though? What was what it? What was it about flowers? Yeah. It was, okay, so I had graduated from college. I was 23 years old. I did five years of college. And then I decided, and then I just, like, kind of found random jobs. I took a couple years off to be a nanny just because I didn't know what I wanted to do. Nothing was, like, really speaking to me. Mm-hmm. And I felt like... I didn't have, I just didn't have like that thing that I wanted to do. And then when you like look on job listings and stuff, it wasn't like anything awesome. You know, I like imagine myself working like as an editor at like a magazine or like I wanted to do something creative and fun and like something that was, I could set my own hours and all this stuff. And that, and I told somebody that, and I remember them just being like, that doesn't exist. Like you're not going to get that job. I was like, okay. So I was just really depressed. I was just like, the world is not going to offer me what I want to do with my life. Mm -hmm. Like, it's not out there. And why would some company trust me to come in, like, with no experience, no, like, whatever, and do my dream job? Like, nobody's going to present that to me. So I was just kind of, like, sitting at my desk job working at this really crappy HR desk job where I hated it. I was, Mm -hmm. like, windowless room filing paperwork, doing the same thing every day, got a half-hour lunch break for lunch where I could see the sunshine, sat in traffic. Like, I hated it. I was like, I cannot live my life like this. So, I, um, so, what did I do? So, I just, like, I kind of wrote a list, and I was like, what do I want my life to look like? I want to work with my hands. I want something that's always changing. I want to feel connected to nature. I want to set my own schedule. I want like to be around color and create things and whatever. And I was like, okay, what is that? What could I do? And I just started like looking at 
every single job I heard about, every person. I asked them, what do you do? Like, every time I would see a product, I'd be like, okay, how does that get made? Like, what types of jobs are in yeah. I was just, like, obsessive. And then one day I was on Pinterest, and I saw a picture of a flower arrangement. And I was like, oh, my God, wait, that's a job. And I had done flower arranging, like, as a hobby, but never kind of connected the dots that that could be a viable job. And I just was like, okay, it's time. It's now or never. I have to do it. How and old were you when you made the leap? 25. That's awesome. So I just, like, came up with the name Native Poppy at my HR desk job. I wrote out the logo, which was my logo for the first year in business. I had, I just drew it. And then I walked to my boss's office and I said, hey, I think I'm going to quit my job and I think I'm going to become a florist and she was like okay good for you and I knew one guy in San Francisco who was a florist he was doing like high-end event design and um I called him and I said hey do you have any openings for me I would love to come work for you learn about the industry and it was November December he's like yep totally packed holiday partying holiday house decorating come up whatever so I came up I lived, I pretty much lived with him, not, I didn't sleep there, but I was there. He would pick me up for the flower market at 3.30 in the morning, and then I'd be at his house until midnight, and we just would crank out these giant events and weddings and stuff, and like, I worked for him, and I learned everything I knew, and then in January, I came back, and I was like, okay, I'm doing this. I didn't have a job. I had money and savings, and, but I said, hey, if I'm going to do this, I am not going to spend $1 on something that isn't a business expense for the first year, for the first year. Yes, that's I have to, to do. Yeah, yeah, I have to prove to yeah. myself that I can do this. I want to do it right. Mm-hmm. And I don't want to be frivolous with my savings. Um, so, yeah, I just, I, I lived off of like white rice and black beans and sometimes eggs. And like, I taught yoga on the side a little bit, which was not making me any money, but like, not even paying my rent. They yeah. just, like, gave me something else to do. It was, like, yeah. giving me a little bit of cash in, cash flow. Um, but I just spent every single dollar I had on buying flowers. Mm-hmm. That would work as advertising. And I just was, like, obsessive about practicing my skills and meeting people and telling people I was a florist. And, like, I had no idea what I was doing. And I would go into client meetings. And one of my friends told me, she was, like, if you don't know, just refer to the past. And it's like, that was like the stupidest advice ever, but it worked. Cause like somebody would be like, well, for my wedding, can you do this? And I was like, I don't know. I've never done that. And I was like, well, in the past, I like, I just lied. I lied to every <laughs> single person I knew, lied about what I was doing, lied about what I could offer and my experience. But I figured it out. I like truly faked it till I made it. And I think that people now in the industry, I'll hear my friends complain about new florists who do that and they're like they're really harming us you know they come in and offer to do what I would do for $5,000 for $500 because they don't know it's not important to them these people are being like tricked and whatever I don't believe I don't know if I really believe that because people need to get their start I think that it's up to the consumer to do their research to say how long has the person been in business what are their reviews like? How is it, how is I referred to them? Mm-hmm. And they, I think all the clients who booked me knew they were taking a risk on me. I did, was doing a lot of in-home backyard weddings. I was doing, like, stuff where people knew I was new yeah. and, like, 
And, you know, and sometimes some of the stuff I made wasn't that good. Like, I really remember going to one person's wedding and I handed her a bouquet of, like, dead dahlias. I still think about it to this day. And if I see her out and about, I can't, like, make eye contact with her because I'm so embarrassed. (laughs) But it's like, you learn, you know? If you're not willing to, like, live big Mm -hmm. and want to make a big impact, then you're not going to get anywhere. And by trying to live big and make a big impact, you're going to fail, you know? So... I don't know. It's interesting to hear myself talk about it because I know in some ways maybe I was hurting another force by doing that, but I don't think I was. I don't think that somebody who was booking me the way I talked about what I was doing. No, you what you I sold offered. it way better. I sold it. Yeah. I That's wanted to do working. it. I wanted to do it. And I showed up with the flowers and I did my best and that's what it was. Mm-hmm. So that is how I started. When did you really see it kind of kick off? Like, when was yeah. it kind of the point where you were like, okay, I need an assistant? Because yeah. I just hit that point in my business, and I still sometimes question, like, mm-hmm. I feel like I'm still relatively, like, maybe I shouldn't have an assistant, but, like, I feel like I need one. Because I'm, like, dying. Yeah, yeah. No, <laughs> in a good way. That's like, exactly, you know? exactly, exactly what it is. It was, like, it would balloon to the point where I was, like, oh, my God, there's so much work. I need to outsource part of this, and then you do that. Or there's, like... I didn't, it's just a feeling, you know, I, it's a feeling of just when you have too much on your plate and you're starting to let balls drop that you need to bring somebody in. What Um, year mark was that for you? There's been like every year I feel like there's something significant that happened that I expanded and then I reached a new level. So like the, after the first year of being in business, just working in my backyard, I didn't turn a profit at all. But I really, I probably increased, I don't even remember what my Instagram following was, but it was probably like zero to maybe a thousand in the first year, a couple thousand. Mm-hmm. And because that was what I was working to get it out there. And I was booked and I was booking weddings and I was meeting with people. So I feel like that started to happen. And then by the second year, I had all these weddings that I booked. And I started pulling all-nighters all the time. And by the second year, I had to quit yoga because I started going to teach my yoga classes. And I'd be like, oh, my God, I do not have time to go teach this yoga class. I am so busy with flowers. So that's how I knew I need to let go of my side gig because mm-hmm. I didn't have time for it. It was taking away from my other real job. And then I was so busy with these weddings that I booked that I needed an assistant, um, a girl, I think, reached out to me and she just said, Hey, I've seen what you do on Instagram and I really like love your work. I'd love to come work for you. And so that happened pretty naturally. And she came in and helped me on a freelance basis. And then by the third year, that's when I decided to open up the retail shop, which really changed everything that I was doing because I was like, I was doing weddings and I could have kept doing that Had a studio flower shop where I just met with people, um, you know, on a case by case basis, Mm -hmm. just came in, did their events, which is what a lot of my friends do are florists. And it's awesome. I love that lifestyle, but there was a part of me that wanted more. (laughs) Yeah. I like wanted more. And I also saw the opportunity in the market because everybody was doing these beautiful, whimsical flower arrangements, like this really organic style in event design, Mm -hmm. um, which was so beautiful and exactly what I wanted to do but then I felt like flower shops were still like a dozen red roses and baby's breath and like it wasn't what we were doing in floral design and I was like I know that there is a market 
out here that wants to be able to send these and pick up these types of flowers every day and not just for weddings and events. Mm -hmm. So I just kind of saw this opportunity. Nobody in San Diego had a flower. Well, I mean, I shouldn't say that because I don't really know, but it felt to me like nobody in San Diego Mm -hmm. was doing this type of floral design in a shop that you could order from every day, walk in, get it made on the spot. So um, I started thinking about that. And I also kind of, there's other things that I thought opportunities, like I could have just expanded the wedding business. I could have started a farm, a flower farm, but this retail concept just really spoke to me. I loved it. And so then I was approached by a woman who wanted to open up a coffee shop concept. It was going to be a coffee shop with a bunch of other um, retailers. She wanted a flower shop and a photographer and a calligrapher and it was awesome. And so I went to go look at that first spot and I remember I was going to get like a tiny little, like I think it was like a six by eight spot. And I I thought like, it was $400 a month. And to me, that was like insane. Mm -hmm. I was like, oh my God, $400 a month. I can't afford that. I have to split it with somebody. And now my rent is like $10,000 a month between my two shops. And I'm just, and it's happening. So it's funny to think back that $400, I thought I had to split with somebody. But anyway, it's cute. It's just like how much you grow. It's so quickly. And so um, that spot ended up not working out. So she contacted me again and said, hey, I found a new spot. It's much smaller. It's only room to do a coffee shop and another concept. Would you want to be a flower shop? We could do this together. I was like, that idea is so interesting to me. It It took away a little bit of my anxiety of having to just do it alone. And it really intrigued me by having a coffee shop that was going to bring in traffic. I was going to say, yeah. Yes. Yeah. And I'd have an automatic audience to show what it was. to her too. Yeah. So it was really awesome. It was a beautiful concept. And so we signed the lease on this space. We opened it up. It was in San, it's in North Park. It's still there today, but we've moved out of that space. And so, um, that was communal coffee and then we were native poppy. We had a really fun logo on the side of the building that said coffee plus flowers. Um, and it was really, it was really fun. It really launched our retail business. I remember the first day I walked in, it was Mother's Day. And I didn't know because it wasn't in retail flowers that Mother's Day was the busiest day of the year for flowers. And we sold out of flowers that day. And I had to go to the flower market at 5 a.m. the next day and be up and open by 8 the next, like, next morning. And it was just nuts. It was crazy. And then I slowly, but, like, the first day we opened, I didn't have a cash box. I didn't have change. I didn't have a way to take orders for the future. I didn't have a website. Like, I had no idea what I was doing. I had no gifts. But slowly but surely, I just worked every single day and was like, okay, what do I need? Mm-hmm. I had Meg. Meg was there. She came to me and asked me for a job. And I hired her part-time three days a week to help me. And I had one other girl um, who was also there two to three days a week part-time. And then I was there every single day for like a year. It was kind of insane. And I really was not mentally well at that point. I really wasn't. I lost 20 pounds. I was not sleeping. I did not eat. I was like cr- a crazy person because I was just working all the time. It was insane. But like, I feel like if you're not willing to do that, you're probably not going to succeed, mm-hmm. you know? Mm-hmm. Unless you had, like, some crazy investor who gave you money so you could just hire people. But then it was, like, I had to be there to figure out what was working and what wasn't working. Yeah, and you got to – that's, like, the most successful business owners, I feel like, are the ones that have 
actually started, you know, sweeping the floors of whatever. You know, started, you have to start from the bottom to understand your own systems. Yes. Like, how do you expect to run a business if you don't even, you haven't even done the slave work of it? Yes. So, I... When did the, because I saw you do classes, like you now teach this. So how, I I want this to kind of be like an important question because I feel like it's super important in business just to even have these side classes going on. Like even for real estate, for me, I can have, I've thought about this a bunch of times and I feel like I need to step on it and I'm actually writing a book so I can teach people how to start up the industry. But how did you... Like, what year was that mark, and what have you done to kind of grow that part of it? Okay. And how has that helped your business? Yeah. I feel like it's important. Yeah. Okay, so I recently heard that, like, the new industry in making money and profit and being profitable is in education. And that your classes and your workshops are really where you're going to actually see growth, like, even more than what I'm doing in flowers, so it's really interesting that you bring that up as being so important. Because um, I haven't really thought about that. I'm always thinking about just the day to day flower sales. Yeah. How many sales are we doing in shop? What are we doing in wedding sales? And at the end of the day, though, flowers is not the most profitable industry. I'm working with product that dies, that has low profit margins, that has you accidentally bump into something, you drop something, it's gone, it, mm-hmm. it's trash. So it's, yeah, so I've been thinking, okay, so we had to add more value to our company outside of just these flower sales. Mm -hmm. So we started doing workshops, which is something in the industry people have done a long time, so why not us? Mm -hmm. Um, And our, we have a bunch of different types of workshops. We have ones that we are just, they're for fun. They're just teaching people who are hobbyists or just want a nice day out to come in and learn floral design. Mm -hmm. Um, so it's a lot of like women in their late twenties, early thirties, forties coming in. We give them mimosas. We make, we teach them how to make a flower arrangement. They get their picture taken and it's just like a really nice few hours, Mm -hmm. create a beautiful environment. And those are really fun. Mm -hmm. Um, they are decently profitable for us, which is why they're worth doing. I think that they engage people more with our brand and mm-hmm. our company. And I think it also gives a little bit of credibility. I was just going to say, <laughs> I feel like for, I think that might be at the top because then customers see you doing these classes and they're like, okay, they're teaching it. They know what they're doing. Yes. You know? Yes. And I think they realize how hard it is because flowers is one of those things that a lot of people come into the shop and they're like, what you do is so easy. I'd love to quit my job and come work here. It's just so fun. And we are like, because uh-huh. it's really not. Like, it is fun, yeah. but it's also hard, dirty, labor-intensive. I cry a lot. Like, it's really whatever. So when people come in and learn how to do it, they're like, oh, this is harder than I thought. Because mm-hmm. their arrangements don't look like ours. Ours, literally, when we hire somebody, it's like three months until... We can we see that they're making stuff the way we want it to be made, and then six months until I really trust them to make stuff without me having to see it before it goes out. It is a long career of having to practice and practice mm-hmm. and practice and redefine what you're doing and refine what you're doing. And um, I think it's really interesting how people come in and they realize, oh wait, this isn't as easy as I thought. And I think it adds more value to to us yeah. as the experts in doing it. Mm-hmm. And then there's a second type of workshop that I do, and I do business coaching for other women who cool. want to start flower shops. That's awesome. Yeah, so that's been that's been my favorite thing, and it's very loose form. Like I don't have a program. I don't 
I don't have like any systems. It's just very like, hey, you can have my time and my undivided attention. Let's do whatever you want to do. Ask me any questions you want. I'm an open book. I'll look over your business plan. We can talk about systems. We can talk about what works for you, what doesn't work for you. Because at this point, I feel like I have like six years of experience in the industry. I spend all my free time reading business books, listening to business podcasts, meeting with other business owners, Mm -hmm. just like, so I feel like if somebody wants a shortcut to figuring out how to do it themselves, I'm here for them. So that's been really fun to, yeah. to do that. Probably fulfilling too, because you know they're admiring you. So it's even more motivating too to like keep going. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know about that. I get very nervous. I don't like to think about that. Oh my God. <sighs> no, but okay. So then you have also a, um, I saw that you had like a membership too. So how yeah. has that helped along but does it tie in with the classes do you promote that there too or Um, does that work we should be promoting it more in the workshops but actually that was Meg's idea Meg came up with the membership we had the wildflower club as part of our branding it was just like our company motto kind Mm -hmm. of it was it's like who we are as a brand and it's just it was funny it was like we always have fresh flowers we drink champagne on days that end in Y. like laugh till you get a six pack, just like funny things do, you know, to make time for art, just whoever we are as a company treat. My favorite one is treat flowers like friends and friends like flowers. Mm -hmm. And it's, it's sweet. So we had that and we were like, okay, well, what is the wildflower club? Yes. It's our insider club, but it should. And the Meg was like, it should also be a membership here. I have an idea. She said, why don't we give them the customer four bouquets a month? at 25% off and then come pick them up whenever they want. So ideally it's like you pay $75, you have a hundred dollars worth of flowers and then you would come once a week to refill your flowers. And then you also get 10% off every single thing in the store, all of our events, all of our workshops and 10% off all other flower orders. So it's just people who are going to buy flowers often. It's awesome for them. Um, and one of the things that is really like helps me, that I love about it is that there's been some research done recently about flowers affecting people's lives and how actually important it is to us to have flowers in our houses and our workspaces. And there's been a study that showed that people who had flowers in their hospital rooms after surgery needed less, less post-operative medication. They had quicker recovery times and they reported lower levels of stress, anxiety, and discomfort. So it's like literally a mood booster and a health booster. And then there was also another study, I think it was done by Texas A&M, and they said they gave advertising groups, like advertising agencies, this study. There was a control which had nothing in the room. There was a group that had a sculpture on the table and a group that had a flower arrangement on the table. And the group that had the flower arrangement on the table generated, I think, 15% more creative ideas and also reported lower levels of anxiety and stress at work. And so I think that studies like this are going to keep coming out about just how flowers actually improve your life. That's awesome. I know. And I always think about, you know, like what it, Legally Blonde, where she's like, exercise makes you happy and happy people just don't shoot their husbands. <laughs> and it's like, yes, flowers literally do that. You can have flowers on your table. It will make you happy. And I think it can just be like one bud base with one stem. And like what a lifestyle experience is that to like, I'm going to the grocery store or whatever. You can get them at Trader Joe's. Just pick up flowers every 
time or have your favorite flower shop where you just go get one stem of something you love. You replace it in your bud vase next to your sink, next to your kitchen sink, something so you see it every day. Grow flowers in your garden, Mm -hmm. pick them, put them in your house. I think it's incredibly important to have flowers as a human being in your space. And so I think that we're doing a service by helping people do that. Um, and then the other thing is that just like the flowers roll over. So if you go out of town or something, you can come in and you can get all of your bouquets at once. You can gift them to people. Um, people can pick them up for you. So it's just, I don't know. It's just really, really sweet. And I love it. That's awesome. That's a really cool fact. Or you share that in your classes too. No, we don't actually. And so I kind of want to figure out how to add more science facts. Like, Hey, this actually is going to help you. Like this is like yoga without having to do anything. Enjoy some beauty in your life. Some living beauty. So posting about it too. Yeah. That's like really interesting stuff. It is. I, that I went to college for psychology and I like thought I was going to be a neuroscientist. And so I, but I just, I didn't want that lifestyle. Yeah. Um, but it's so fascinating. Like, it's like a life The creative side is too yes, crazy. Yes, it's literally, yeah, it's crazy. Anyway, I love that. Thanks for asking about the Wildflower Club membership. You're welcome. But back to the, the classes part, how many people end up, like, what is your average number that goes? 15. Oh, that's really good. Yeah. We want it to be... Big enough so it feels like a party environment, but small enough that two instructors can really give everybody one-on-one feedback. And then we also do one-on-one trainings with people. Like if somebody's more serious in floral design and they want to come in, like if I've trained other people who are also florists and have their own companies Mm -hmm. and we just do a one-on-one workshop together because... Yeah, I don't know. I've trained my whole staff in my design and they can all do it now, so it's... We do that as well. Has it... So you keep it after... Like, you're, like, booked. Like, done. We've gone up to 20, and we can do bigger events, but then we need to bring in more people. And normally, that's just what ends up happening for a certain weekend to the audience Mm -hmm. that we have. It's normally between 15 and 20. Do you think your focus eventually will be on a little bit more on these? Or do you see... You know what I mean? Like, are you going to maybe cut a little bit of the time for this? Yeah. What are your thoughts on it? On workshops, mm-hmm. um, my thoughts. I don't know. I we do them about once a month, and I think I'm pretty happy with where You're that is. There. It's there's not a demand right now for more of them. Got it. Okay. We do like we mostly are getting emails and demands about Absolutely. when they're going to open a shop in my area and mm-hmm. when what, can I have wedding flowers and event flowers yeah. and memberships and but like the workshops are great asset and part of our company but I think like once a month to the email list like to the audience we have right now if like once somebody's done one we do have returning people but I feel like once you've done it Mm -hmm. probably enough you know how you know the principles now um so I think we'll probably just keep it there. How many have you done so far? Has it been like a year of doing them? Yeah, it's been about three years of doing oh, them. Wow, okay. So we've done... So you started kind of in the beginning too. Yeah, and I my first yeah. workshop I ever did, I had barely been doing flowers. It was in the first year, and I like just said what I knew. And I just... And it was at the library shop, and I think it was like $35 for the class. And now it's 150 because that's literally what it has to be. We're teaching you how to make an $85 arrangement. Mm-hmm. And then there's all these services on top of that in our time and the space and, like, the food and whatever. 
But yeah, the first one, like it's a joke. Like I couldn't teach anything at $35. Like I paid them money to let me do it. Yeah. But it's cute because people who took that workshop still email me and comment on my post and everything. So it's, it's sweet. It yeah. just really connects you with who you're talking to on Instagram. You know, sometimes it's so weird. I'll like post something very sensitive or personal. And I'll be like, who am I even talking to? You know? <laughs> Why do I have to share it's this? It's like her diary. It is. It is. And it feels good. It does yeah. feel good, but it feels so weird, too, when you really think about, like, why. That's, that's awesome, though, that you're so open with your audience, though. That's huge. Like, and I mean not open as in, like, you're very blunt with your emotions, and you're confident in yourself when it shows. So that's why your business awesome. is the way that that it is. But yeah. it, would you say that Instagram is your go-to platform, or do you have other social media platforms that you use are like yeah instagram is the thing it is because okay. it's a visual industry like it's flowers the only way we're going to get people to hire us for their weddings or come into our shop is through these visual images like look at how beautiful our shop is look at these flower arrangements um facebook we just convert everything that we're doing on instagram to facebook blogging is something we haven't really gotten into yeah I've heard recently that blogging is dead. I don't know. I've like heard that it's just different. People used to have their RSS feed, their Google, and they would read it like a magazine. But now that doesn't really exist, and it's mostly on Pinterest. It's like a blog post can last forever. Yeah. So maybe you blog every once in a while to go on Pinterest. People find you on Pinterest and come back to your website. I haven't really gotten into any of that. Um, but, so yes, Instagram. Instagram. Instagram is the thing for us. And then our email list is something we've really been exploring lately, which is has our highest conversion rate. People who already have interacted with our brands, been to our website, signed up for our email. So the only way we get emails is people like in real life, yeah, give us their business card or whatever. Mm-hmm. They subscribe, they come to our shop, they subscribe, or they're online and they subscribe. So they already know about us. And then we send them emails about our brand and what we do and offers. And so that is our highest yeah, conversion rate. Um, Instagram is not as high as you think, but it's a really important platform for us. Yeah. But I, I've been questioning lately, like how much energy we spend on that versus email list or anything else. Um, but I've been listening to this book called Purple Cow. Um, it's a marketing book, and it's just really talking about how your best marketing is from word of mouth from your customers. And, like, if you are providing a great service and a great product and you are awesome, people naturally will talk about you. And I think that I've always known that and believed that because my motto when I was starting was, you know Steve Martin, the comedian? Mm -mm. He's so funny. I saw a picture of horrible names. Yeah, (laughs) he's he's such a funny comedian from way back. But he said, just be so good they can't ignore you. And to me, that was like, I didn't have to use hashtags. I didn't have to hack anything. I didn't have to, like, try to figure out, like, whatever. I just had to be so good that people couldn't ignore me. And that is, like, to me, the thing. Just have the best shop. Have the best customer service. Have the best flowers. And people will tell their friends about it. Mm -hmm. They will recommend you. They will want to come in. And that, to me, is just, like, the thing. Mm -hmm be so good they can't ignore you and you don't have to really worry about any of the marketing stuff after that yeah i love that yeah that's awesome be the best <laughs> i love that saying <laughs> yeah um let me see here what did you i guess what's the next 
area that you're focusing in on to open a new shop? Like, what's your okay. next plan? So we were at our coffee shop location, mm-hmm. and we just outgrew that. It was... Was it, like, crazy in there? It was crazy. The coffee shop was so popular, which was amazing. It brought so much, so much traffic in. But our busiest days for weddings were, like, Saturday and Sunday, which is when the coffee shop is most busy. So we'd be, like, walking over coffee customers' heads with, like, flower arrangements. And they would be drinking co- asking us, like, hey, do you want more cream? And we'd be, like, we're not the coffee shop. you got to ask them. Like, we, you know, whatever. It was, it was nuts. Mm-hmm. It was awesome. It brought us so much attention. But, like... We were just like, you know, for the growth of the company and where we want to go and what we want to do with it, it makes more sense for us to break off and be our own thing. So we did that. Um, And so we just opened up in February our own. We moved out of our North Park location, moved to South Park and opened up our own flower shop. Congrats. Thank you. It was really exciting. And then very quickly we opened up our Solana Beach location. So I think we're done growing for a little bit. Mm-hmm. I like have an eye twitch and a headache all the time. No, I really do. Is and that so what eye twitches are from? Yeah, I don't know. I have an eye twitch. It's from stress. And I'm, <laughs> I, I'm done for a little bit. But I mean, it's just, yes, I do want I do want a native poppy in every community that wants one of us. Um, and I think, but we have to slow down first. Like we really just ballooned and expanded. Now we're learning how to run two locations with two teams and and we're trying to figure out what the systems are to hold that in place. And then I think once we get those systems, it'll be easy to replicate it again. But I think for right now, maybe the next year or two, we just need to slow down, hold, and concentrate on what we're doing because it was a lot. So South Park, and, and but you kept the coffee shop. No, we no. we let go of that. Which Where is the second one? It's so South Park and then Solana Beach. Oh, okay. Yeah. So oh, we opened up on Cedros across from the Belly Up. Um, it's a nice. beautiful shop. It's can't wait so pretty. It really is so beautiful. When's your next workshop? I'm like, maybe you can bring surgery. I'm going to video. Awesome. Our next workshop is in June. I forget the specific date. I'll have to look it up and we can link to yes. it later. But, but I agree. it's, yeah, in June. Awesome. And then what other, like aside, so you're done pretty much. And then just from here, you're just going to work on your systems, get your teams all in place. Who's, are you just checking back, like back and forth on both stores right now? Is that kind of what real life is like? Well, the beautiful thing about the internet is that I can be literally in two places at once. I can see exactly what both stores are doing, what customers are wanting. I don't have cameras. Don't steal my stuff if you hear this. I don't have cameras yet. We have them sitting in the back room, but we haven't wired them in yet. And I like also don't really... I want cameras for customers and for the outside building. I'm sure it doesn't get like... Yeah. Whatever you call that. Vandalized. They worked in companies that had cameras, like even in the break room. And I was always like, I hate that. Like, I don't want to work here when you don't trust me. Like, I don't know. Yeah. I'm not into that. So if I can't trust you then you shouldn't be working for me Mm -hmm. I don't know maybe as we expand you lose control but I'm just right now I'm pretty against that yeah like we have other systems in place to make sure that people aren't stealing that things are being done the way they're supposed to be so why would I I don't know I just don't believe in cameras so aside from that part what would you think or what do you say would be the hardest thing out of this whole experience, like, what was your biggest obstacle or hurdle 
Yeah. So our listeners that are trying to start up kind of, I think it's twofold. I think one is just being willing to always be out of your comfort zone. Um, it's not worth it if, like, it really, like, if you want to play it safe and be comfortable all the time, I just don't think you're going to get very far. And so every day I have to do things that make me uncomfortable, scare me, and um, are just out of my comfort zone. Like, I do every day. And that's not easy. And I'm tired. And every time you use your brain in that way and, like, have to use your adrenaline to do something, you're scared and you're shaking, but you're trying to not show it, it's, like, it's exhausting. It is exhausting. But I do it, you know, it feels worth it. And I have to have really hard conversations with people. I have to tell, um, I have to be scared and go into client conversations and try to like convince clients to book with me. Or I have to tell employees that they're doing things that I disapprove of or like, I have to fix problems. Yeah, fix problems. And it's exhausting and it's hard. And then another really hard thing was the funding for our second shop. Like, been really challenging to pay for stuff and I'm it it's fine I keep saying debt is an illusion because it's like but I've taken on so much debt to make this dream happen and I think you just have to be it's very scary I am having a hard time sleeping at night because I'm so nervous I am sitting on loans that are so big right now because I believe in it that much and I also without like I've had proof that this business model works, that it can be profitable, that we do have traction, that we do have the clients, that the money will come, but I had to take a really big leap of faith that it was going to work out this time at this location and whatever. And so that's been really challenging. And then, yeah, the other thing is just having employees because I think that um, as you grow, you can't do everything yourself. And so you hire employees and they're amazing. They help you achieve your dreams and that is incredible and a gift and I'm always so grateful for every single person who wants to work for me and help me and help build this company and also do their art for my like vision and for our customers it's amazing like I couldn't be where I am without them it's also really challenging because it's people with their own emotions and they see the world in a different way than I do and they don't want the same things that I want and it's hard to not take it personally when you train somebody and then they want to move on. And it's just, it's, you're like a parent, but it's just a lot of psychology and telling people that they're doing great or how can they improve and dealing with their strengths and dealing with their weaknesses. And, you know, just, it's, it's the thing I probably think about the most of anything else. Like my customers are great. Our brand is great. My employees are the thing that holds the whole vision together without them, I couldn't be doing this. So I think they require the most attention. And, um, this is hard because like they're my friends, but then I also have to kind of tell them sometimes when stuff's not up to par and it's just really hard. Like, yeah. I, I no, I love that you worst. say that because I, like I said, I, I listen to a lot of Gary Vee and one of the things that he always says is your employees should actually come first mm-hmm. because if, you know, it's like if you're treating them right and you're showing them, you know, respect and it's fair and they're happy, then your business is going to be happy. Yeah. Because they're a spitting image of you. Yeah. So if you treat them wrong, like that's going to ripple effect onto your business and why would you want that? Yeah. Some people don't want to take the hit as to, you know, whether it's not paying them what they need to be paid, but they need to be happy with what they're getting paid also. Stuff like that. It's just like making sure that they're happy with everything 
first because they're going to be the image of you and everything else that falls along with it. Yeah. So that's awesome that you're aware of that. And obviously it shows because you just opened up for second job. <laughs> it's true. It's really true. Yeah. And then I think the other there. hard thing, though, is that knowing when to let people go, which is really crazy. Oh, yeah. That's really important, too. Because sometimes you can give and give and give and give. And then people just are like, it just gets to a point where there's just like burnout or there's like, you keep, you, you know, I don't know. It's just really weird. Yeah. It's just a delicate balance. Like, where systems can kind of be, like, set it and forget it. You can't, like, do that with your employees. They're living people, and you have to keep checking back mm-hmm. in. And, you know, sometimes I'm just, like, so burnt out, and I'm, like, growing, growing, and doing things. And I just want things to just chill. Mm-hmm. But having two shops that are open seven days a week with employees who all have needs and stuff, it's just, like, I feel like I almost can never stop. Mm-hmm. No, I mean, I feel like that's, like, a normal thing, too, because yeah, you're, yeah. you're still, I mean, X amount of years, but I think that's still kind of new, and then you, for just opening up your second shop, it's like you're still going through the growing pains. Yeah, absolutely. It's been a long six, six, six years, right? Yeah. Yeah, so it's been a long six years, but at the same time, like, what you've accomplished during that time is so much, but at the same time, it's, like, where you want to be is, like, still kind of a ways out, because yes. you're saying you want all these shops, like... Same with me. Like, I, this is just the beginning. Like, I'm just scratching the surface, but most people would be okay with where I'm at. Yeah. And that's cool. You know, I have respect for that, but that's not what I want. Yeah. Like, I want to keep growing, and I'm already, like, dying secretly inside. <laughs> yeah. So Cheers to that, you know? <laughs> but it's like, at the same time, I love what I'm doing, and it shows that you love what you're doing. Yeah. So it makes it 30 times easier. Like, the happiness of it, and like you were saying, you're, like, drowning in this, like, debt, but at the same time, what better way to invest in something that you believe in and that you love to do than something else like 90% of the people do? Yeah. It's like they invest, if anything, more of their time, you know, building whatever it is, but they're not even really fully doing it. It's because mom and dad told them it was right or because the education system told them it was right. And it's like, is that really what you want to do? Because if there was more people that actually genuinely wanted to be doctors and genuinely wanted to do X or Y or Z, it's like our whole community as a whole would just be so much better if everyone was just doing what they actually love to do. Yes. So that's awesome that you found it. Yeah. Congratulations. Thank you. Thanks. You've accomplished you a lot and you're so young too. Oh, yeah. I feel really old. <laughs> I used to like, when I opened my shop, I never got carded at a bar. I always got carded at a bar. Every time I got carded. I was 26 years old. 27, 28. Even I got carded. Within like three months of being open, I have never got cards since. Everybody's like, you, you look old as fuck. But we always, at the end of this, we just want you to biz babe it out. So just throw out your handles if you have a website. Like, wh- where can people find you? You know, okay. schedules everything. Um, our Instagram is at native underscore poppy. Um, our website is nativepoppy.com. You can order flowers for delivery or pickup every single day. Um, we have our a la carte wedding menu on there. If you're getting married, you can just plug and put in your all of your flowers into your cart and get them delivered or pick them up. Um, we have our full service wedding option, which is beautiful, where we come and we do every detail of your wedding, installations, candle rentals, like all the fancy flowers, design boards, mock-ups, everything. We travel for those. Mm-hmm. Um, and 
what else? I don't know. Come visit our shops. They're beautiful. And we're having our grand opening party for Solana Beach on June 1st. I don't know if this podcast will be out by then. Otherwise, Ooh, we'll make it. Okay. June yes. 1st is our grand opening party. It's going to be amazing. We're having stuff lined up all day. And join our email list because you'll learn about all the great things. Yes. Coffee's doing. And flowers are healthy. So flowers definitely, are healthy. Definitely go. Yes. <laughs> Thank you so much for coming. Thank you very much. I appreciate it. Thanks for listening, guys. Have a great day. Bye. Thanks for tuning in to another episode of Biz Babes. We really hope you can take something from this episode and grow. If you know somebody who can also learn from this, pass on this positivity and share this episode. Our guest information will be in our show notes. And for more info on Biz Babes, follow our Instagram at San Diego Biz Babes.